Now and Again is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage, Keanu, and more, head on over to cageclub.me. That is cageclub.me. We are back. It's side B. And uh, in the green room, we were talking, and I realized that I completely squandered uh, the opportunity to ask uh, the first like female voice we've had what it was like to be a 12 year old girl in like the heyday of the boy band wars and uh i'm i'm very sorry about that because i'm a terrible uh journalist interviewer hi pam how are you good uh how are you chris i'm uh i'm okay we're, we're on what i think is the better half of this album <laughs> um but yeah like we talked about like kind of where you were at uh, at this time on the last episode and we briefly talked about in sync but like can you cover the the boy band wars through that very important lens that i completely neglected to ask about yeah i know we uh we got real dark with it we talked about 9-11 instead um so yeah. let's uh let's take it to a simpler time i imagine it was something kind of like what people went through with the beatles and the monkeys which will come up a little bit later but not quite the same because uh, worse and less musical instruments. I remember it being like a very big deal which side you were on, and then yeah. people could tell a lot about you by which boy you decided to like, and you would either get mocked or like kind of just you know nodded into approval. Um, which side were you on? Ooh, I was a BSB girl. I was a Backstreet Boys girl. Although, so does that hold up to you? What would you like? Time shifted today. Like listening back to the old stuff, would you? Would adult you remain on that side, or would you would you Benedict Arnold on uh, on Nick Carter? <laughs> you know, I would still say BSB is the stronger as far as like hit volume goes. I mean, Instinct definitely churned out a couple, but I'd say probably more of my favorites are are Backstreet Boys. Although Nick Carter was never my favorite, clearly. Come on. Okay, he- if he wasn't your favorite, I'm going to actually. I don't know Backstreet Boys well enough to try to guess. <laughs> who your favorite would have been. Was it the guy with the goatee? It was not, although this is a very weird conversation to be having because in my dream last night, I had a version of Brian Luttrell in it, which is like totally bizarre because I have not thought of Brian Luttrell in like years. He is the second heartthrob from Backstreet Boys, for those of you not in the know. So he yeah. was the brown-haired one, not the um, penis-shaped blonde haircut like uh, oh. Carter was. Yeah, um, all those bold haircuts. A lot of, yeah, a lot of men just looked like dicks at that time. They do. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, they looked like literal dicks at that time. Um, I would say, and then my favorite one from NSYNC, and I don't know if this is telling of me or not, is Lance Bass, who is now um, out and has a husband and is very cute. But at the time, I was like convinced he was totally straight and that I was going to date him. So that's kind of what being in a... Uh, 12 year old girl at that time is like if you have never seen Bob's Burgers please go check it out uh, and there is an episode where Louise finds her first boy band love and it's a little bit like that it's confusing it's weird you're not sure why you like them you just kind of do and then suddenly you have posters of them everywhere borderline creepy obsession I hope um, that I was at least a tertiary character in your erotic friend fiction <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You were one of the zombies in the back. <laughs> good, good. Um, well, yeah, thank you uh, for that. You want to jump right in because 
Sure. Uh, we're going to start with some garbage and finish up with... I think the emissions are going to kind of save this back half for the most part. But we're going to start off with the wise guys start the commotion. If you're sitting at home going, what the hell is that song? Well, you're probably not because I just spliced it in. And you know it from like any car or gap commercial from the early 2000s. Yeah, that sounds about right. I did not remember that this was a song that I had ever heard in my lifetime. And then it got to the chorus part and I could remember. It's real bad. I mean, I've, I've said before, I don't like these kind of songs that are super sample based and just loop for three minutes and don't do anything interesting. Though I appreciate the music video's willingness to just loop the scenes for another three minutes to just really make sure that every part of this is monotonous. Yeah, I was going to say um, the video at least matches the song, and yeah. just every part of it was unenjoyable. Um, I mean, I guess it's not the worst. It's just, it's like, oh, Fatboy Slim and Moby worked out. Clearly, this will work out, too. Right, and at least those guys had interesting music videos to cover for the fact that their songs couldn't stretch a full four minutes because they were 30 seconds of samples. <laughs> and they had at least more changes to the song whereas this mm-hmm. one you know it would just add like an extra little beat and make it seem like it was a really big addition to the actual song when it wasn't yeah like every time this elvis costello looking motherfucker pops <laughs> up to do his little riff i just get furious and then there's the like the 60s acapella group and the guy with the horn and then the guy with yep. the guitar yeah it's like the the guy with the the fisherman's hat who's doing the start the commotion line is is like a welcome reprieve even though what he's actually doing is awful. The more we talk about it, the more monotonous we are going to be as far as describing the song and the music video because there's really no way to critique and or talk about it without just going over the same points over and over again. I completely agree. This song was like made to sell pleated khakis to moms. <laughs> like I just don't care. Yeah. That's that's all there is to say on the matter. Yeah, I feel that's... like this could be one of the worst songs on the entire disc. Ooh, okay. I'm going to make a note of that because, um, not to spoil what's coming up in the last segment of the show, but we're going to need to know in the future of Now and Again what some of the worst songs are. So definitely making a note of that for the future. Uh, but I think we're going to have uh, another strong contender, uh, possibly <laughs> for the worst song on a Now I just tweeted out that I can't believe we got a song that would give Blue a run for its money as my least favorite song on one of these oh. this quickly after Blue. This song is <laughs> Jive Jones, Me, Myself, and I. No one knows what this song is. No. Even after true. I spliced it in. And it's not selling anything except maybe energy drinks. Yeah, I did not. This is another one. So, like, I know that your brain can feasibly only hold so much uh, musical memory from when you were a child. Mm -hmm. I don't have a glimmer of, like, an idea of when the song happened, when it was popular, who liked it. I don't remember it at all. So getting to to experience it for the possible first time today was, was really great. It is sung by a guy who wishes he was Anthony Kiedis. 
Oh, um, nice. Yeah, I he said is that like, this band was just um, uh, Sugar Ray filtered through like oh. Lenny from Of Mice and Men. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like the most off-brand version of Anthony Kiedis I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, with some like Elmer's glue in his hair, mm-hmm. and it is just, it's bad. Also, like the first, the first couple lines of the song. So, the song. If you look at the video, you would think it's going to be kind of like a crazy town butterfly. Like, oh, it's got like a weird, like, I don't know, rock EDM feel, whatever uh-huh. you want to call butterfly. Absolutely. From the look and the aesthetic, this should right. share a lot of DNA with butterfly. But this guy's voice is like more nasally than the guy from Limp Bizkit or right. some 41. I was going to say, but his voice. If So taking away the, the video aspect, if you shut your eyes and like don't pay attention, which... You might as well, because you're not missing anything. It is almost like a precursor to some emo bands I heard later on because of just how nasally he is. And, like, the first verse of the song is him talking about how he has to go to high school hell. And then he talks about being in hell when he comes home, too. So he just really overuses the, like, you know, angsty vibe. But that was kind of what gave me this, like, weird, I kind of want to be emo, but I feel like I'll sell more music if I'm upbeat and... Yeah, quirky. I he invents know. the word neighbor hell, which neighbor fuck hell. There you. it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And if this guy is going to high school, it is to like pull a Matthew McConaughey in um, Days and Confused. <laughs> That's true. He definitely looks like he is well into his thirties. Yeah, there's absolutely. But maybe that's why high school's hell for him. He just keeps having to repeat it over and over again, like the Wise Guys song. I could absolutely see this guy. Uh, having not completed high school in his he's wearing a graduation robe with cut off sleeves because actually he's wearing everything with cut off sleeves <laughs> he's that kind of guy he is when I was listening to it the things I could imagine like the people I could imagine having actually enjoyed the song were kind of a range of like the people who are just realizing that they like you know are done with the mainstream and they want to kind of like get into that like like I said emo light kind of like they're figuring out they want to like break away from all that pop shit um Mm -hmm. or like the jocks who I don't know maybe use it to get ready for uh an awesome wrestling meet or whatever (laughs) you know high school jocks do this jive jones himself definitely looks like he did some backyard wrestling in like 2001 is very true but if you want that like that faux like freshman in high school nonconformity, like there's a song coming up later on this now that just does that way better oh i think i know which one you're talking about but maybe jive jones came out earlier in the year and then was promptly um dethroned as the king of that that group so there was a mtv variety show i guess where Jive Jones was a one of the hosts called what? I Bet You Will. It also starred Will Ford, who I think was like a like a third tier sub Mandy Moore pop singer. Right. Uh, the comedian her. Godfrey and fucking Morgan Spurlock. Um, what the shit? They just went around paying people at like MTV Spring Break to do shit, and it is horrible. There's a bunch of really low-quality videos of it um, on YouTube. Like, I feel like dozens of, like, kids' fetishes were born here on this show. 
like they're paying a girl to pour beans down the back of her pants and uh, to shave her head. And they're pouring ketchup on this guy's nipples and someone's going to lick it off. What is Grape Nuts? That's like one of the first videos that comes up. I have no idea. What was Willow Ford's song again? What was it? Oh, I could not tell you. I I was about to say Graduation. Will, but that was uh, C. Graduation was by High C. Vitamin C. And Vitamin C. Diamond not High C. <laughs> Ecto Cooler was by High C. <laughs> So dumb. Uh, yes, uh, I don't. I remember her name, but I do not remember what song she sang. No, I think she also um, was in. She acted. I think I'm pretty sure it's her in the Friday the Thirteenth remake that came out a couple years ago. Probably. I want to be bad. Oh, I do remember this song. Uh, this grape nuts thing that you asked about, which is taking place at Wildwood, is um, <laughs> a bunch of dudes shooting slimy grapes at another dude's nuts off a slingshot. If Jive Jones was one of the hosts of this show, it should tell you a lot about the quality of his music. This is dumb. All right. Well, I feel educated. Thank you for that. Like, I think I think I just realized that the comparison between this band and Sugar Ray is is much more apt. And it's not just a rock band with a random turntable. It is this guy was the host of a garbage television show for garbage people. And like Mark McGrath yeah. grew up to be like um like, doesn't he do, like, Entertainment Tonight or something like that? I think so. He's a real adult. And he was also in the Scooby-Doo movies. Let's not forget oh, well, that he classic. was. Classic. Speaking of the Scooby-Doo movies. Oh, wait, no, that was just Sugar Ray. I was going to say later on, I feel like there's another uh, band that was in the Scooby-Doo movies. But I think it was only Sugar Ray. Okay. I think I'm just getting my movie bands confused. So are you on board with this um, possibly being... The worst song on this album? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Between the two that we just heard. Okay, so Wise Guys versus Jive Jones. You know what? I will say that Wise Guys is slightly more bearable because uh, they don't use the term neighbor hell and they don't look like Jive Jones. Oh, God. The, The now and again challenge. Hashtag now and again challenge. Just watch the watch the me, myself and I video and tweet at me. At now again, cast. How far you get into the video? Like that's the challenge to the audience. You win, Jive Jones. He's doing a lot of face acting, like hardcore. Fa- There's someone else on this who does a lot of face acting. I previously gave that title of best face actor to uh, Art Alexicus from Everclear. Oh. This guy is doing some real terrible mugging though, too. Oh, and yeah. he's doing rap hands. He's got a lot of rap hands. <laughs> I hate uh. the song so much. Yeah, all right. Let's just we'll crown him the winner. Finally, Jab Jones, you can sit on top. They managed to get four girls to dress as cheerleaders and show some skin for the video. And like, I don't. How much money did they make for this? It wasn't enough. <laughs> it was ten not. times. It was not enough. Christ. Yeah. Let's move. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but let's get some relief and go to Smash Mouth. band I was talking about. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to say something. And this might be an unpopular opinion, but of all the bands in the world, Smash Mouth is not actually the worst. They're really not. And for what they're doing here, which is just, you know, like a fun cover of a song. Listen, I'm it. This is also uh, a little bit embarrassing. I am a huge Monkees fan. 
That's okay. because I was raised on them when I was little. Like, you know, it was a, a vinyl I learned how to play early as, you know, on hipster. This is like before vinyls were cool. I was like, you know, a four-year-old learning how to how to play shit. I can get behind Monkey's Love. Last right. Train to Clarksville is great. Head is an insanely, like, it's a great snapshot of that, like, psychedelic late 60s. Yeah, I love, I do love the Monkeys. I know they're a manufactured band, blah, 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 and all that stuff, but whatever. They were still entertaining. They were fun. I liked them. And they do a good cover of the song. Smash Mouth does a good job. They keep mm-hmm. that kind of, like, 60s-esque vibe in it, but they modernize it a little bit. You know, they don't tweak the words too much. They just have fun with it. Yeah. They're not a terrible band, but I think we all think of them as terrible because... Their career suddenly became about making songs for movies and making appearances in movies and being the band that was just kind of famous for, you know, like it started with Mystery yes. Men and then you get into the Shrek movies. They're and the I Shrek feel like band there's other now. ones. Right. This is the song from Shrek. So, I yeah. mean, but I feel like they had other ones and then that's all they were known for was just kind of being that band and shit on for being that. But you know what? If you are a semi-decent cover band and you can make it to the big leagues like that, good for fucking you. Yeah, I'm with you. They were the right bands to do a cover like this because they've always had that lounge kind of sound with that like synth organ thing they've got going for them. It works fine. They do a competent cover. It's you know what song it is, but they add enough of their own spice to it to make it fresh. And that's really all you can ask for in a cover. No, I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, I actually kind of like the song. I like the cover. I would say this is one of the top tier songs on the album, which, again, I never thought I would say. But <laughs> granted, it doesn't have the stiffest competition. I mean, and... looking back, and I mean, yeah, the, the pop songs all kind of shit the bed and, like, don't or don't hold up. I mean, yeah, you're looking at, like, Bootylicious and the Aaliyah song from that and Usher from that front half. I mean, Gorillaz, I think, is on a tier above this. I don't think... Right. Yeah, but, like, I'm, I'm kind of with you. This is thus far in, like, the top five of the songs we've covered. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed for sure. On this album, that is. Um, right. Yeah. Not not of all time. Let's yeah. be very clear about something. And I, I will say I think Smash Mouth has earned a little bit of a redemption from this podcast. I mean, they don't know that. No one, all 10 people that listen to this hopefully agree uh, that Smash Mouth is, like, they're not that bad. I do enjoy their memification, though, and I think that's... I don't think anyone thinks of them as of being, like, as bad as Nickelback. Yeah, that's very but, true. But, like, the fact that they became a meme, the fact that they are very much, like, the movie band. Like, this band embraced selling out very early, and the lead singer is dopey-looking as hell. That's and I just, very true. I think they're an easy punching bag. Agreed on all of those fronts. And actually, I feel like... Another band coming up kind of fits a lot of those same bills. Actually, probably at least three of the things you just said. Nice. I'm looking forward to to finding out who that is, though I have a guess. Um, every <laughs> single Smash Mouth video involves and ends with him, with like an extremely hot girl loving this lead singer. But like in a tongue-in-cheek way that I find kind of endearing yeah. and not creepy. Right. I mean, and this, you know, this is a song that can be... Not creepy, but it's clearly a song about, you know, seeing a a woman's face and suddenly being so struck by her beauty that you're, like, obsessed with her. Um, So, yeah, to use the whole video to make it seem like that's what's happening and then have it just kind of be like, oh, I'm just returning to your car keys. That's all this is about. I don't really have time to even give you my number. I think that was fun. I thought it was cute. 
they seem to have always had a sense of humor about themselves and in some ways still kind of do. Um, I don't know if it's a full-on follow, but definitely check out Smash, Smash Mouth's um, Twitter page because it's real weird. They have a Twitter page that's still of functional? Of course they do. I didn't even know they were functional as a band anymore, but you know what? Good for them. Good for them, Smash Mouth. There's always going to be, like, a Nebraska barbecue festival that needs a band. <laughs> that's very true. All right. Smash Mouth, good job. Yeah, good on Smash Mouth. So we're going to go towards, like, the the more rocky. I guess Smash Mouth kind of starts. Well, I guess Jive Jones kind of starts the rocky end uh, of the... Uh, I wasn't going to say it. I'm glad you did. Yeah, of the Now album. Uh, but we're going to jump into that, like, pure, undistilled power pop, pop punk that just really proliferated in the early 2000s right. with some 41's Fat Lip. <laughs> This is kind of what we were talking about earlier um, in the last show. We we talked about how the climate was kind of changing, mm-hmm. um, moving away from boy bands and kind of going into this edge. If you wanted to start to describe this side of the album, I guess it would start from like pre-hipster, hipster, like music, because um, I would kind of almost say that the Wise Guys was like trying to do something like a little cool, a little weird. Uh, they did not hit that mark, but, no. you know, they started and then Jive Jones slowly into his shitty jock frat boy emo rock whatever the fuck that was um yes then into smash mouth and now into some 41 which i actually really like and i still really like and i know i shouldn't because it's i mean this is one of those songs that it's good i'm with you given what you could be listening to it's really not the best but it came out in a time when no one else was really sounding exactly like this. Even Blink-182 was not sounding the way that these guys did. And they had such a mass appeal that, you know, guys could like them, girls could like them. And I love, I love the line, storming through the party like my name is El Nino. It is fucking great still. A lot of the gags in this song, um, which it is, it's full of gags. And I, I want to... So Blink-182 is coming up next on the album, uh, and maybe we should just do a little compare and contrast, but we'll get more into Rock Show later. But Blink-182 put on this air, and it's still continuing, of being like the the court gestures of pop music and like these kind of like snotty assholes. The Rock Show video kind of, I feel like, reveals that they're a little too old for this shit. Like, they look (laughs) like 35-year-old guys going through the motions. Like, even... The video where they're running naked from the last album, um, where, like, they kind of got that from. Like, Sum 41 really does embrace that asshole, like, 19-year-old far better than Blink-182 does. And this is, between video and song, is that boiled down to its its core. That's why it works. No, I totally agree with you. Whether they had a really great production team behind them, and, and by production I mean, you know, like, how they were going to get styled and all of that yeah. stuff. Um, it, yeah, it did work. I mean, here you have, and you have Derek Wibley, possibly one of the least attractive lead singers in the world. Um, He's got a real like, Owen Wilson schnoz on him. He does. He does. Like, all of these, like, real-looking humans, like, they don't look like totally manufactured people. Because even Mark Hoppus looks a little, like, you know... Kind of put together. He's yeah. handsome. He's at least styled somewhat. These guys, yeah, just looked like regular dudes who had a shitty 
punk band in their garage got picked up and, you know, were just loving the fact that they now had money and they could do whatever the fuck they wanted. Like, the whole video is just, like, a fun party. They right. are shaving people's heads, but not Another for money or for a stupid thing, yeah. dare. Right. But it's, it's like, you know, it's less about, you know, throwing money at a person. It's like, this girl kind of, like, rubbing her bald head and, like, digging it. And it's, like, this... The whole video did it right. And it, it was exactly how I felt about the song when it came out. Like, this... Like, oh, it's cool to be a rebel now. I know that sounds really dumb. But no, no, no. I'm, well. I'm with you. It feels... This kind of, like... Blink-182 probably did play in a skate park that looked like it was out of Mad Max, surrounded by a bunch of people (laughs) right up on the stage with no bouncers between them. But it's been years since they did that, and some 41 look like they belong there. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Um, Also, I think the music's way better. Like, they have a competent... They have a competent guitarist, too. They do, yeah. I mean, a lot of Blink-182 songs have a very... um, they rely much more on Travis Barker than they do on the guitar, I would say. Um, Especially in the singles. more drum heavy. They didn't let yeah. Tom go, like, dump weed or a song like that. Like, that, those didn't become singles. Like, Tom could play, but the the, the guy who does the solos, Sum 41 had solos. Uh, In Too Deep is the yes. one that immediately comes to mind. Like, that's a pretty good solo. It just Exactly. They seem like a more musical band, and maybe it's because they're a four-piece Right, and they do have definitely, like, um, the music at least changes. A lot of Blink-182 songs, at least, again, the singles, definitely have a very constant, like, you know, thread to them. Mm -hmm. They don't really kind of build or or dip, um, where I think, yeah, a lot of Sum 41's hits did. Um, Well, yeah. They had, like, really hard moments, and then they kind of, like, smoothed out. They they shout out Maiden and Priest in this song. Yeah, they're very clearly doing, like, a license to ill Beastie voice thing on this song. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially, like, the beginning of the, you know, I liked the beginning of this video, too, where they're just kind of, like, rapping, freestyling, yeah. whatever, to these guys in a convenience store who are so unimpressed by them, like, yeah. don't know what's happening. It does evoke those kind of memories of being 15 and hanging out and being, like, being like a mall monster or hanging out in a convenience store parking lot, because what else are you going to do? Yeah, I don't, the one line I do actually really hate in this song, um, but that everybody always remembers oh, is when he, yeah, when he just, when he talks about how his mom yeah. should have had an abortion. That's, that's the point um, where they tip their hand a little too much and uh, right. the gag doesn't land. Like, I know you're trying to be punk kids, but you did, oh, that just, you were doing so well. Yeah, that was that was where it lost it for me for you know just that second. And then I I forgave and them. And that they pretty... linger on it with that echo. Ugh, yeah, that that part does does not go over well. Yeah, it was the exactly it was the the trying to be like you said too edgy, and that one just wasn't as as good as the other the other parts of the song. One of the stronger songs on mm-hmm. this on this CD. Yeah, the drummer really reminds me of uh, Stevo, which I think is perfectly yeah. fitting for this band. Yeah, no, um, and he's the one who says the abortion he part, does. isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, which actually makes a lot of sense, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I dig this song. I think on another album, on the last album with Joe, we mentioned that the the song Flavor of the Week by American Hi-Fi, we were, like, really oh, impressed yeah. how much it held up. And we were saying, like, whatever happened to these guys? Do you think they like their albums are like really good like maybe in another timeline they were better than blink 182 and like my thought was like i said that out loud but then i was like no probably not blink 182's biggest thing that they got right was being consistent 
And that's yeah. the thing. Like, some 41 is good for a while, but they don't carry that through for whatever reason. Like, this is kind of their peak. Yeah. No. And it's, yeah, it was their, is their debut album? I'm pretty sure, right? It's their or debut um, label album. I think they had an album oh, gotcha. before this that was, like, independently released. I mean, I think there's a lot of factors to that, though. Um I saw them live back when, and they were fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, well, for whatever reason, you know, they probably played shitty shows. And then they kind of lost some of that, what made them good in the, what we were just talking about, that, like, authenticity, that, mm-hmm. like, we are just dudes having fun, like, we don't give a shit, like, all this stuff. I think they started trying to fit that too much. I feel like when you are trying to fit that image, um, you lose it. So you're saying and they became a casualty of society? <laughs> I am. And f- became a victim of your conformity? They did. I mean, uh, fucking the lead singer married Avril Lavigne. It was like the most perfectly planned, like, who are the two most, like, punk, you know, couple we can Ugh. make? Um, and so they paired those two, which was just like, it just felt forced and weird. And, like, the whole thing kind of lost it. You know, I also saw them live and... This guy might be the biggest example of a singer that does, like, you hear him on the album and then you hear him live and you're like, what wizardry did this producer do? <laughs> it's like even Tom, like, we're going to go to Blink-182 next. Tom sounds like shit live. Um, yeah. Mark has trouble staying, like, hitting notes. He's not as bad as Tom, but like, holy shit, Derek Wimbley live is fucking atrocious. Yeah. I think they also fell somewhat into the... Um, like when you're feeling you're trying to portray an image and especially like, you know, being punk rock or whatever, mm-hmm. there's this image that you have to be drunk or like kind of fucked up on stage to kind of sell it. And some bands can make it work and some can't. Yeah. Um, I think they definitely were not good enough or solid enough in their songs that they could get away with kind of being a little trash on stage and not have it be like a terrible show because of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Derek Wibley was doing at this point in his life, but um, his story, like, during slash mostly post-Avril is really sad. Yeah. Um, like, when she stole his horcruxes and he just became, like... <laughs> uh, I did. Like, it's really sad. He, I'm pretty sure he produced her best album, too, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Like, And then, yeah, she just, she just killed him. Um, side note... <laughs> I, like, don't know anything about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> and as a D&D nerd, I just get mad that Horcruxes exist because I would just say, like, stole his phylactery. But no one's going to know what that is. And I just want to throw it out there that I'm really mad that I have to, like, lower myself to Horcruxes to make that joke. I'm glad that you, you referenced all of that. And maybe people will Google and learn that there was a pre hork Horcruxes. Wow. Yeah. It's hard to say that word without feeling like you're really Read your monstrous manual. Find out what a lich is, bitch. <laughs> yeah, come on. You guys were all super into D&D when it came to Stranger Things. Put your fucking money where your mouth is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? Uh, I was going to say, I will say that Derek Whipley may have had somewhat of the last laugh in the end because Avril Lavigne did marry Chad Kroger after... She was with him, and uh, <laughs> could you make a worse Canadian choice? Could you? I don't know. I feel like even Derek Wibley was a step above Chad Kroger. God, but... oh, the Rick Moranis lumberjack character would be a better <laughs> Canadian choice than Nickelback Man. If you're talking about Fuck. Strange Brew right now, Strange Brew is one of my favorite movies in the world. I am. Well, just that whole character in general, yeah. Yeah. 
Rock, I mean, <laughs> you want to just slide this right into Rock Show? Let's go right into Rock Show. So we were talking about how, like, Sum 41 felt more real because we were those kids going to shows at like skate parks and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the one moment that I think the song isn't uh, just like making a uh, an image for itself is when he says like, he, no, because it is. He just name drops the warp torn. It feels so wrong and forced. Yeah. And even this video, you know, the fact that they're so the video starts out with him being like, oh, we got all of this money from our uh, production company to make a mm-hmm. music video. And here's what we did with the money. Everything they do after that point just feels like really just like what is the what is like the the most edgy thing we can think of like they they swindle a TV out of a guy so they can break it and they, they make like, over a homeless guy. Yeah, it's just and it it goes between that um we have a camera we're holding it and we're shooting it right. to someone is clearly following us around with a camera trying to get us doing stuff you know like it it doesn't have the same kind of fun i don't know it just feels like it's trying a little too but, hard. and they happen to find the one strip club in california that doesn't have any titties and all the girls are like dressed in clothing <laughs> yeah like, yeah sure yeah. okay <laughs> Maybe that exists out there. I don't know. I'm, I, they probably do. do. There's probably clubs yeah. where girls just dance in clothes. I don't know. But yeah, it just, it feels so forced. And I, I do actually think that this, I really don't like all the small things. I really hate that song. And I think this is a really not good song either. There's there's a, another very poppy um, Blink song from this album that I believe will come up on a future now that I think is way better. But still like, man, I'm kind of feeling like going back and looking at these Blink songs Oh, it doesn't hold up, and I'm a little disappointed about that because this is a band that like got me into making music and and playing yeah. guitar. Like I love, I still do love. Uh, this is probably gonna anyone who like plays bass out there is probably gonna be like, no, fuck you. But I I really do love Mark Hoppus's bass tone on this album. Um, he's a big reason why I started playing bass because I, I mean I could I could play the same note eight times in a row and then switch to another note very easily. But I mean, this is a, a thing that we've all known about, um, especially in pop music. The things you hear are not necessarily the best from any artist. Right. Um, you know, they pick the most, again, the most widespread appeal, something that's going to have like mass consumption value. Um, and what you said before, consistency sometimes sells. I mean, that was one thing I used to hate about ever clear and now i kind of love about them is a lot of their songs sound very similar i mean you could say the same thing about red hot chili peppers they have oh yeah a very distinct style a very distinct sound um i mean you mentioned those two two bands and it's just like songs about dad and songs about california like right right and then there's actually a band coming up that we'll talk about a little bit later that a lot of their songs have a very similar sound to them but mm-hmm. they've made an entire career off of it and sometimes that consistency sells. Sometimes people want to know what they're buying into and what they're listening to, and they don't want to think too hard about who this artist is. Another video with uh, shaving a lady's head, like that was definitely apparently a thing in 2001, which is real weird. <laughs> a lot of weird like zeitgeist like through lines we find in these in these now albums. It's yeah, real fucking weird. Um, <laughs> man, the 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 way they dressed. Uh, definitely informed me at this age. Like, I'm looking at Mark Hoppus with uh, a band t-shirt, Dickies below his knees, 
and like Argyle socks pulled up inside of uh uh no, he's not wearing Argyle, so I did have that on him. I was a little bit more fashionable there, but pulled up inside <laughs> of like Converse's. I wore those fucking Argyles pulled up as far as I could for like all of high school. What a fucking dipshit. That's all right. You know what? It's another just to kind of like relate from now to then. Who would have thought that like now where we are, Blink-182 would be a band that has a member of Alkaline Trio in it. And, like, yeah. Tom DeLong is off in a parking lot somewhere, like, screaming about how Blink-182 stole his shit. And no, about he's screaming about, al- yeah, about yeah, aliens, aliens to John existed. Podesta. <laughs> yeah. Like, who knew that was going to be a fucking thing? Like, I definitely... They were nominated for a Grammy. That's crazy. That's so nuts. Yeah. I actually, I think that album that they put out last year is better than better than this album possibly better than Enema of the State but I know a lot of people would disagree with that they they coasted on I don't know like they used Dude Ranch as like a springboard and then just kind of coasted on like this this image which I mean good for them they swindled the shit out of 14 year old me yeah I was gonna say a lot of people um, or people that I knew who would talk about Blink-182 Dude Ranch was always the one you really heard about the most um, you know not people who just started liking Blink-182 when their their songs came out, but who are, were actually fans of them. Um, mm. And then you didn't really hear about them talk about another album that they, like, held so yeah. near and dear as Dude Ranch. Yeah, it's just, like, I'm thinking about how how ingrained into this they were. And we kind of talked about on the all, when all the small things came up, because they're parodying the boy bands, which, I mean, they kind of just secretly are a boy band. I remember I saw them live at PNC Art Center, and, like, at the end of the show, they shouted out MTV as, like, like, hey, we're going to, like, be back on there soon doing this thing and make sure you watch it. And, like, a bunch of the audience kind of booed. And I know I certainly did. But, like, no, like, they, they got us all. Like, realizing it now, it's like, no, they weren't the anti-MTV. They were just our boy bands. We weren't crushing on, you know, anyone in this band. But we still wanted to be them. We just didn't want to be – maybe some of us wanted to be inside of them. But, like, I wanted to be Mark Hoppus, like – it got me. Like, they totally got me. And it's just, like, kind of dawning on me now. Looking back on it, yeah, they were supposed to be our kind of real alternative choice um, to the the music that was being put out. And they weren't supposed to be, you know, like – and this was around the time that I remember hearing the term sellout, like, a whole bunch. Of course, yeah. And, like, I mean, I heard it later on in life, too. But, yeah, this is where I remember people being like, oh, Blink sold out. And other people, you mm. know, would kind of defend that and – not really totally understanding what that meant as, you know, a high schooler. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? You know, were they ever really able to sell out or were they kind of just like always uh, on the on the pay like the whole time? You know, I don't I don't really know. Right. I mean, the only big difference is that they didn't say fuck as much on songs that were clearly going to be singles. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's um According to, you know, Wiki Wiki Wah Wahpedia, um, <laughs> both this song and the next single, um, First Date, were apparently written because they turned in the album and the studio said, well, why don't you have any singles? And they were like, well, fuck you. Here's going to be our single. And we wrote it in five minutes. And I, I don't buy that at all. That sounds like some real image. It sounds like someone – it sounds like some – the, the Don Draper who was assigned to Blink-182 just made that up for them to say that in an interview on MTV. No, I agree. I agree with all of that. Oh, Blink. You won. Yeah. You got us. 
But, um, yeah. you know, I guess the fact that they're still making music and the fact that their music now, like you said, is almost better than what we've heard is kind of interesting. And I guess I'm willing to see. I mean, there's probably there's probably some dad out there who picked up a Fender for the first time because they heard the monkeys in the 60s. So that's true. Like, you can't begrudge these bands at all. That is true. That is a very good point. Well, that's that's the pop punk on this one. Uh, and we'll, yeah. we'll get back to that. And we'll have a lot more moments like that on this show. You know, despite everything I just said. And uh, I, feel, I feel like I just like looked into the Ark of the Covenant and like my face turned <laughs> into a skeleton. Like I really feel well, like I just had a moment of revelation right there. Chris is mopping his face up off the floor and trying to put it back on. Yeah. Uh, speaking of faces, let's go to Fuel's Bad Day. This singer does some real face acting. This this guy is like uh, at least two thirds of Feruza Bulk. Like, wow, this dude's toothy. <laughs> he is toothy. I okay. So the thing is, I liked Fuel. I liked some of their other songs. Like, Shimmer is one of my fucking favorite songs to come out of like that whole period. It is so good. We did um, Hemorrhage. I don't. I don't know if Shimmer's gonna come up. I'm gonna have to look into that song. I don't know if I know it. Yes, you do. You absolutely know that song. Oh, okay. It's one of those. Um, it is the the song where he's like, I'm not going to try to sing it, but like the too far away for me to hold too far away. Uh, I'll have to listen to it. This, oh, this song like is bad, know. and neither was Hemorrhage, so like, I'm probably fine with listening to one more Fuel song. Yeah, no, Fuel, uh, that is one of my favorite songs from the time. Um, I feel like it's just still so good like like not like great but a good rock song that comes on that you're just like it's like a little ballady but like not too much i don't know i love it um i do not like this heel song as much as i like some of their other ones so i think that's my problem it's just like i get what he's trying to go for you know like clearly there's some underlying communication issue in his relationship his girlfriend just keeps being like, I've had a bad day, but she won't elaborate. She'll never let him in. It's kind of the point. But, like, I don't know. Some of the things she talk, like he talks about, like, oh, she broke her shoes and she spilled her coffee. She's having a bad day again. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like the song kind of misses the mark on, like, the points it's trying to make. I don't know. Interesting. I was actually reading this as a song about, like, hindsight of, like, someone who... Uh, wow, we're, we're fuel. Congratulations, fuel. We're going deeper into this than like any other <laughs> song on now. I read this like leaving a note that said I had a bad day again. I've read this as just like someone with serious depression, just building up to the point where like she just tries, she attempts suicide and fails. Like I think that's a, a key point of the song. But like this kind of like slow encroaching depression that he should have noticed the whole time. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the video would kind of play along more towards that and that probably is honestly what he was going for but like the lyrics to the song are literally um had a bad day again she said i wouldn't understand she left a note said i'm sorry mm-hmm. I had a bad day. and then uh she spilled her coffee broke her shoelace smeared her lipstick on her yeah. face and then slammed the door and said i'm sorry and then he just repeats you know parts yes. um yeah. The video does a lot of that same stuff, too. They're like, oh, she snapped her high heel on the street. Yeah, they get very literal with it. Yeah, I mean, the car accident was kind of, you know, that's a shitty day. But, I yeah, so, yeah, I just, I guess I read it as them just having this, like, she won't open up and kind of talk about the, 
you know, the deeper issues. Because clearly, like, spilling your coffee can be a shitty part of your day. But it's not, like, going sure. to ruin your whole day unless you're, I don't know, <laughs> unless you really let small things bother you. In the video, he's talking to a therapist the whole time. Right, right. I guess I, I yeah. kind of saw it as the... um yeah, like the couple breakdown rather than the... Mm-hmm. No, and I think that's totally a reason, uh, reading of it. That's totally a reading, probably the real <laughs> reading of it. Um, I do love that when they... For some reason, like, the therapist is, like, not shown. Right. And then they, they like, they focus on him at the end, and he looks like Anton LaVey, which is, like, had a bad day, hail Satan. Yeah, and I like, yeah, they just show that his... Uh, fingernails are painted black and he's holding a cane like that's really all you see of the therapist for like a long time (laughs) which doesn't and then i didn't really understand what they were doing in the video maybe it does kind of play into what you were saying though because um it definitely seems like there's some kind of a depression aspect so he's talking to a therapist and then it seems like she walks into the room but then she never really was there yeah she never really was there but then her shoes are there at the end and that's what the therapist sees so I don't I don't know if you know, she was dead the whole time. Oh, man. This discussion has boosted this song for me. Like <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it more. Good. Um Definitely. Uh do you know what the lead singer of Fuel's name is? I do not, but he does he does do some good face acting. I guess I was paying attention to that a lot. I was like, wow, I feel like you're He's getting got so much teeth way into this for like the lines you're actually saying. You're like really delivering. His name is Brett Scallions. No, it's not Brett. <laughs> it is that's not a real name. That's a name you change unless you're opening an Italian restaurant. <laughs> hey, come on down to Brett Scallion's house of pasta. I, we this got is meatball my... carbonara and I'm... thin crust pizza and yeah, pesto. Hey, like come on down to Brett Scallion's. It sounds like a character on, um, it sounds like it could be Jimmy Pesto's brother on yeah, uh, it's Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Character. <laughs> Brett Scallion's. Oh, it's so bad. It is Fred Scallions. What the shit? Uh, that's awesome. I will say this song is better than the other song that's titled Bad Day. Oh, yeah. Uh, Where is had a bad day. <laughs> I can't believe you don't know Shimmer. I want you to go immediately. I do like Hemorrhage. I will. I'll check out Shimmer, and that'll be in the show notes, too. Okay, I do like Hemorrhage, but uh, Shimmer's the best one. Uh, Brett Scallions, you were prolific for a little oh while there. Oh my god, there. Brett fucking Scallions, man. <laughs> that should be in the... the uh, it's it's March Madness time, so the, the name tournament just came out on Deadspins, and like, there's some great ones on there, but like, Brett Scallions could totally Brett be like a 14 or 15 seed. Yes. Oh god, Brett Scallions. I just want to keep saying that. Oh, I feel like it should be a, so an... Exp- I don't know, like, if I stuff my tail, like, ah, oh, Brett Scallions... I just want to use it as often as possible. I had a bad day again. Brett Scallions. (laughs) Brett Scallions, damn it. Oh, God. Uh, All right. Let's just go to it. The next song is fucking trash. Uh, Three Doors Down. Be Like That. Okay. Uh, Be like that. I would give anything just to live one day in those shoes. If I can be like that. Do you have anything to say about this song? I do, actually. I have some things to say. I do actually have a little bit to say. I, so, were you, you were talking about, um, we were talking about having a dopey-looking lead singer before, and, um. Dude, this, this lead singer looks like someone, like, cast a spell on a ventriloquist dummy and brought it to life. <laughs> he does. He looks a lot less dopey in this video than he did in the Kryptonite video. Um. Oh, I don't know about that. I, I would say a little bit better. Um, he is, uh. 
they share a lot of similarities with Smash Mouth um, in the fact that they are, I don't know, I wouldn't say they're the worst band to come out of this time period. They're not great, but like, I feel like they get shit on a lot more for than they maybe deserve. This isn't the worst song. It's not by any means good. I wouldn't put it in the running no, for like the lowest. Bad. Maybe you no. and I disagree on that one, but um, oh no, I don't think it's atrocious. It's just like it's really bad and unforgettable, and oh yeah, it's uh, unforgettable. Sorry, no, it's really bad and forgettable. Right, it is a very forgettable song. I think the only reason I remembered it was because it was associated with one of the American Pie movies, and like if you look at the video, there's a lot of camp geeks kind of walking around. Um, and they did used to have clips from the. I do remember when I came yes, out. they had clips from the, the American Pie movie in it. I think it was the, the right. last one. The specific um, – this video that is on the playlist, cageclub.me, to check out the playlist and uh, all of the liner notes, uh, does specifically say no movie footage. Yeah, right, because this is, um, I guess, the video before we needed the We context. needed more close-ups of Slappy the Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> we needed more, more context. Um, I don't think Three Doors Down is the worst band. I'm not sad that they're not still around. Um were you bummed out when they heel turned on America and became fucking MAGA chuds? What? They played Trump's inauguration. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, see, I just blocked that whole part of my life out. Um, I know it was only yeah. like a couple months ago, but no, I no, blocked we all it drank out. through that winter, the yeah. winter of all of our discontents. Yeah. Oh well, that makes me like them a little bit less. They're the they're the exact band. I love that. Like, um, like politics is so like identity driven these days that. Like, if something is, like, aligned to your politics, people just do it and are very proud about it. So now you've got these fucking MAGA chuds, like, watching PewDiePie and buying Three Doors Down albums. And that's, yeah. like, that's what they deserve. Good for good for you. That is fair. Yeah. You know what? I was going to say, they're really not the worst band. They're not good by any means. So if they just tricked people into buying their fucking shit, um, I guess it was a clever play, Three Doors Down. Uh, I mean, they they might not be uh, MAGA chuds themselves, but, like, I mean, they might have just wanted the paycheck. They might have been one of the few bands who needed to eat that week. And uh, yeah. it's just – it's tough on the barbecue circuit. I guess, <laughs> yeah. Smash Mouth's just taking all the calls. Right. And when you, when you haven't been relevant for a solid uh, 10 years, I guess anything you can do to try to get your foot back in that door – Make yeah. a little more money. Um, yes, yeah, Smash Mouth at least has a uh, Shrek and all of, all of the memification of All Star to ride on. Yeah, Three Doors Down just has Kryptonite. Yeah, that's true, Kryptonite, and yeah, because this song never really was as popular. No, I feel like there might have been one more, but um, and apparently is also as forgettable because I cannot think of what it would be. Reliving, reliving all of the moments we've just had, I think I might take back the fact that they're not that bad of a band. All right, we just had a pee break, so I don't remember what our transition was. But speaking of pee, <laughs> the next song is You Too, Walk On. I don't know. Um, there's, yeah, there's really not much to say about this. Um, there's, a, um, there's a British slang I learned from Hot Fuzz for fuck off, uh, jog on. That's all oh. I can think of with this because I think uh, Bono in general should uh, jog on. See, I'm not a, a total Bono hater, but I will say that this is a very forgettable song. Um, I do not remember it 
from when it came out. This is another one of those, like, uh, I guess, blackout periods of my musical memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of sounds like Bono talking to, like, his kids or, like, his grandkids. I don't know. I'm assuming he has kids and grandkids. Um, Probably. It just sounds like, you know, he's like, yeah, you know. It, it's kind of like your dad just being like, or some kind of old folksy man being like, Ah, it's like water's off a water off a duck's back. Just you know, let yeah. it go. Keep walking. It's fine. Like it's just very homespun wisdom that's just kind of turned around several times, and it's boring. There's like there's yeah. really nothing else to say about it. I'd probably be with you there if like the last minute of this video didn't become like one of those. For ten cents a day, you can support this tiny african child uh, yeah. and get a picture of him with his ribs showing and like i i don't know this call me a fucking cynic or a fucking arby's nihilist or whatever but <laughs> man i really feel like bono's um philanthropy is just as marketing oriented as like that blink 182 stuff we were talking about it feel it rings so hollow no i mean that could absolutely be the case like he's um, doing stuff like the red campaign which i know he has a big part of like it does things yes yeah but for some i mean it comes down to that kind of philosophical question like is there any true altruism or does everything that you do for another person just like feed your own ego at the same time and i feel like bono is like is like the fucking like avatar of that philosophical question <laughs> see i feel like he started off on the right idea or the right pathway when um you know, at least being an activist for the crisis that was happening in Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah. And, like, he was all about music the troubles. About that. Yeah. Right. And, like, that made sense. You know, like, you know, as part of his heritage, it was something that was mm-hmm. near and dear to him. I understand speaking about that and bringing awareness to it. That I, I think, and I mean, they made good music or the music that came out with that was decent and, and you know, like had at least some value to it. I will probably agree with you that since then he has done more things, I think, for show. And even this, yeah, this video, I mean, the very first half of this video is about them going on tour and people loving them and them just walking through hotels, signing autographs, and it feels very pat on the backy kind of, uh, and then gets into, you know, the heavier hitting messages. Yeah, that's that's a great point that I never thought of is like, if a song that like has a like a real like pro world like phil- philanthropic protests or whatever message like if it's shit like does it matter like if yeah. we are the world fucking sucked it would have just been lighting a million dollars on fire or whatever yeah that comes down to and like translates to an 80s cocaine buys but <laughs> yeah like that's a fucking great point i don't know like and especially if you're not yeah if you're not making waves i guess exactly if it's not an interesting song if it's not something that's going to grab people and get their attention like what's the point i mean the same thing with movies like a movie can be trying to make a message all at once but if it's not doing it well if it's executing it fucking poorly like no one's gonna even bother to pay attention to what the underlying message is they're just gonna realize that their eyes are fucking bleeding and they wish they had their money back Again, still not bottom of the barrel, but definitely no. close. It's close. No. Just from boring, boringness alone. Yep. And uh, you two will always pop up. Like, I feel like for the rest of my life, you two will 
will <laughs> pop up. I almost called them YouTube. Uh, YouTube will pop up. Uh, both YouTube and YouTube will pop up and just be annoying. YouTube on YouTube will also pop up. Yeah, that's like half of what this podcast is. Uh, <laughs> let's go to emissions. All right. Let's do uh, it. So this song was not only a big hit in and of its own right, which is impressive because singer-songwriters – yeah, like they're gonna come back. Like this, this pop punk wave is gonna kind of also carry uh, some singer songwriters back too. When it's just you know not boy bands anymore. But it was also sampled for a very popular song at the time. Uh, it's "Thank You" by Dido. 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 I actually had that album. How um, was it? That this is, it's great. She's got a lot of really good songs on it, and I loved her voice. Um, I really dug it. It's a very unique voice. It is very breathy. Um, uh, it's it's. I can imagine some other songs coming out of it in a different different tone, different style. Uh, but this is kind of the end of her. Yeah, that's very true. Um, she. <laughs> to throw it back to the era, she had, um, I believe it was the theme song for Roswell. Maybe that's not correct, but I know she definitely had uh, one of her hits was on the show Roswell that many of you have probably forgotten, but I was a big fan of because. So I've uh, never you know. seen that show, but I know of at least one other song that was used in the soundtrack, and it's a really good song. So I guess Roswell had a really good soundtrack. They did, you know, for all of its uh, shortcomings. And, you know, <laughs> looking back on it now, aliens that leave weird gold handprints on you. And there's a lot of things about the show that are kind of just ridiculous, but I loved it. Um, and I think I think her her song was the theme song, actually. And so that was how I first heard about her um, before I even heard about Stan. Because that was before, you know, I that was how I heard that song before uh, anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, yeah, her voice is just really unique. It's very like, like you said, breathy, but also still very powerful and almost like haunting. It's got yeah. a kind of sad edge to it that's really pretty. If you wanted to put the right production behind this and make her very, very reverby, make her sound like she's in a, an empty church, and put the right music behind her, yeah, her voice could be extremely haunting. Um, she could almost, you know, again, with the right production value, I think she could stand next to Lana Del Rey in, like, that kind of weird, like, uh, I don't even know how to describe her voice. Just, like, a very sad, but not so sad you want to, like, slit your wrists. Right. Just kind of um, can definitely mellow your mood out, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, this this song is completely fine, and it, it definitely stood out. Um kind of it, that adult contemporary wasn't hitting the radio as much. Mm. I guess that's kind of what U2 was, uh, probably yeah. what that Bon Jovi revival was too. Um, but like we're kind of hitting the end of like songs for adults being on the radio. Um, and I think I think the Eminem sample really also boosted the song into public relevance. And um, I mean, I talked about this a lot on the last episode, so I don't want to, I don't want to scoop Dido's short time uh, on this show, but like, that Eminem song fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> I think it's really weird that this song is so much better than Stan when also, like a decade later, Skylar, Skylar Gray, I think is her name, her original demo of Love the Way You Lie is like so much better than the Rihanna and Eminem version. And like he just 
takes these singer songwriter songs and makes them about like domestic abuse and right. It's real weird and like I, I don't know if he's trying to satir not satirize it. I don't know if he's trying to call attention to it, but if he is. He's doing it in that, like, funny games way where you're criticizing something by doing that exact thing. But he doesn't have the subtlety or, like, artistic talent necessary to do that right. No, absolutely. Um, Yeah, because he took this song that is actually, like, a very, you know, yeah, he it's a very pretty song. It's about, you know, how she's just having, like, this totally shit day. Mm-hmm. And she goes home and, you know, the she's like... If everything else is just, like, fucking just ruined and breaking down around me, you at least make it better. And, like, yeah, of course it's a sappy love song, but it's, like, sweet in in the way that it's told. And, yeah, he brought it into this very, like, depressing song about a guy who's, who's like, going to kill his significant other or whatever. I hate that fucking song. (laughs) And there's definitely, between, like, that and his goofy shit, there's definitely an argument to be made, like... That he that Eminem was a real like satirist, but God, that is that's some like uh, fucking date movie, epic movie level s- satire. Fuck. Agreed. But uh, Eminem. You know, I, I like this song. Um, I haven't thought about it in years, but it it was relevant and important uh, at this time, uh, and uh, yeah, thought it deserved. Surprised it wasn't on a now, honestly. I am too, actually, because it was very popular, and I think she. I can't remember if Here With Me ever did hit. That was the song from um, Roswell. I can't remember if it ever charted or not, but I thought that was pretty pretty popular as well. Yeah, the other the other song I know, I don't know if anyone actually looks at the liner notes, but the other song I know from Roswell is uh, Say Ferris's Let Me In, which is a fantastic oh, nice. song. Um, also, speaking of just more music to drop in the liner notes, um, thematically, this song reminded me a lot of the song... Uh, Some People Say by Ello Darlin, which I really, really love. Um, If you like this song, go check that out in the show notes on the website. Uh All right, back to the boy bands. All right, so uh, I've mentioned this song a lot on this show. Um, This is O-Town's All or Nothing. I will not a when when did Liquid Dreams come out? Did you mention no, that I one? Did not that's mention Liquid Dreams, uh, the song about fucking coming while you sleep Just and dream. pissing yourself. Yes. Um, but oh, this God. is my favorite boy band song, and I don't know why. Please tell me why. I don't know. I actually, when you said that, I almost went into another boy band song. I was going to do, tell me why. Oh, I was um, going to, please tell me why. Oh, nice. See, I would say my favorite boy band song, not that this matters at all, would be either Five, um, Baby When the Lights that Go Out. That is another great it's boy so band song good. that is totally it's underrated. So good. It is so good. I love that song. Um, when did that even come Around out? Around this time, for oh. sure. Let's Maybe see, a little I'm bit earlier. That might have been like, actually, that might have been around... Um, like in sync drop in um yeah i think it might have been like first earlier. now you should hey, hey we're looking for songs for the retro episodes that might be one for the uh nice. the, the one for the same it year it came out in 1997 yeah i was going to say i think that's first year. album like in sync era 
Um, yeah, 1997 was a good year. That was also when Robin's Show Me Love came ooh. out. Uh, another great fucking pop song. I feel like I had um, one of those taped off the radio mixtapes that I made myself that had like Insync's Tearing Up My Heart and When yeah. the Lights Go Out. And like, that was some pretty good boy band stuff right there. No lie. When did, um, I'm trying to like just kind of put everything together in my head about like when did it all happen. It's tough. It's all um, a blur. Yeah, because I also really liked BB Mac, which is kind of like not a boy band, but also a boy band because it consists of two dudes. Oh, man. So that's um, uh, spoilers for the next segment. You're going to fight for that song, I guess. Oh, I do love that song. It's back here, baby. Oh, man. man. When that comes on, I still fucking sing to it. Oh, wow. So what? that song might not advance past the first round. Oh, no. I, yeah, I, I'm I would gonna consider fight that being that one. one of the worst songs we've had on it now so far. Are you serious? I would you would say that that is better than um, fucking all or not. I, I mean, I do like the song. Oh, this is the best boy band song, but I I literally cannot tell you why. I don't know what it I is about this song that I love. I can't believe you didn't fight more for Liquid Dreams. <laughs> fucking Liquid Dreams. Um, I actually do really like the song. I haven't thought of it in a very long time, and but when you said it, it was immediately recognizable. Um. And it's interesting that they left such an impression because O-Town really only had, like, what, two or three Yeah, hits? they were nothing. Um, Their big thing was that they were put together via a show. Yeah, they were. Um, I And I only remember one of the dude's names, uh, Ashley Parker Everyone Angel. Remembers I Ashley only remember Angel. it because it's Ashley Parker. It was Ashley Parker Angel. I'm sorry. Sir. I forgot his um, serious – I, for, I <laughs> forgot his assassinating a president era when people called him by three names. <laughs> And then there was the guy who looked vaguely like Chris Kirkpatrick, but with, like, blonder Ooh, hair. There is a guy in this of... band who looks like someone kind took of. Counting Crows and was like, we need to clean you up just enough to be in a boy that's, band. That's the guy. That's the guy. He is the Chris Kirkpatrick of that group. That was what I was thinking of. And I do not remember any of he the other He looks like a human Oscar the Grouch. It's real bad. <laughs> He's no Brett Scallion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sign into a hotel as Brett Scallions one day. Please. And they're going to be like, do, do you think a lot of the times people like saw his ID like when he was growing up? They, and they were like, like you made this that is up. a fake ID. Your name is not Brett Scallions. All right. Who, what entertainment dude would pick the, the name in Brett Scallions? It's so bad. It is really bad. It's oh, no Ashley Parker Angel, that's for sure. It's true. That was a name meant to be famous for about five seconds. This video has one of my favorite moments in music video history. Um, it's a performance video. They're just singing to a room full of ladies. Uh, and it just it cuts to the women in the crowd every now and then. Either like looking up at the band with this very like, this is a ballad. I'm feeling this in my soul and my heart. Or like other women who are like, I'm thirsty as fuck for you, Ashley Parker Angel. But then it just it just cuts to this dude who is wearing these like really grody like late 90s ray-bans and he's looking up at them with like the like this proud dad face and i fucking lose my shit every time he comes up <laughs> i don't know that i've seen this video like in a long time i'm gonna have to watch it I'm now gonna, and and i'm gonna put the timestamp. i can't find it right now it's somewhere during the key change i think but i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> put the exact timestamp in the liner notes because this dude is he's me? I mean, I love this song, and I don't know why. Other than that, it's really fun to karaoke. Um, it is, yeah. I do hate key changes in music. 
this song like isn't the worst key change on. I mean, this is this is it's not even the bottom ten key changes we've had on this show in nine <laughs> albums or whatever eight albums. I'm trying to see what their list of hits is because I just want to remember. I want to remember so Liquid Dreams, All or Nothing, and then a lot of songs I've never fucking heard of. He just passed them. I just passed the the, the grinny guy. He's at like three three forty seven, <laughs> three forty five. Um, yeah, that that's definitely going in the. I mean, you're. I love that guy. <laughs> He's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite. I mean, I wonder if like because because yeah. all or nothing. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out why that guy is in there, and maybe it's just like they're just very progressive, and they're like, hey, girls don't only want to have to fuck this band, like, and that's cool. Um, but I right. feel like since it's like, he's just looking up at them with the proud dad face. I feel like that's fucking that fat pedophile fuck Lou Perlman's like avatar. He's like, let's make me look like a real skeezy business bro. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lou Perlman. I'm glad you brought him up. We've talked so much about boy bands. We would have been remiss if we didn't at least like kind of. Well, he was like more. I mean, he was very integral to Instinct and Backstreet Boys, but he was more prominent because of the TV show with these guys. That's true. And and then all of that shit hit the fan right and after. And now he's dead. Rest in piss. <laughs> Last song on the emissions um, is, uh, you know, a song about me playing Super Mario Brothers 3. Tried so hard, got so far, didn't really matter. Had to fall to lose it all. Uh, it's it's Linkin Parks in the end. I, you know what, to this day, I still think Linkin Park is, uh, made a great impact on the music scene. Um, they were Um, very of their time and very important in bringing this, like, short rock wave to mainstream radio. Yeah, absolutely. And they, um, yeah, I don't know, like, his, and his voice is insane. I mean, you can hate on Linkin Park all you want, but fucking Chester... Chester whatever yeah chester bennington? What is his last name? chester bennington bennington which also does not sound yeah, like a real name fucking, it does not it sounds and it also sounds like the most british I was name just gonna you could say, ever that sounds like a of. fucking what's that tv show downton yeah, abbey it sounds like a fucking downton abbey name <laughs> he is but his voice is just fucking crazy like some of the highs he hits and like just the the way he like like it sounds like he's dragging his voice across glass but then it also kind of works. I don't he's know. He's got a good combination of like nasally and throaty. Like I like him more when he does his screaming. I think the peak of his yeah. voice is the at least singles wise is the song Faint. I think that's the name of the song. Um he's really on point there. Most of this song he's really good too, but there's the, the bridge where he tries to sing and he tries to do like this everything except the piano drops away and it's just him and he's not getting like throaty. And he tries to do this little run on the one thing you should know. And it's, oh, it's real uh, bad. Yeah. It's real bad. Um, but other than that, See, he's it's pretty good. I am an I am a big fan of uh, crawling. Crawling was my song when I came out. I loved that song. So the big thing about Linkin Park and why they're in the emissions is that the band that comes along first is usually the one that does it the best. Not always. But there's going to be a lot of, you know, tune the guitar down to drop D, complain about your dad bands that are going to be coming out <laughs> because of these guys. But none of them 
are going to do it like Linkin Park does. And the funny thing is, like, uh, all of those bands kind of become almost parodies of Linkin Park. Because, yeah, Linkin Park's angsty, but they're not really, like, I wouldn't call them, like, angry white boys. I wouldn't either. Um, they they do definitely, and I remember somebody pointing this out to me, and I, I definitely saw it after. They do definitely kind of in that, in hybrid theory at least, and I don't really know past that because I didn't, you know, buy any of their CDs past that. Um, it's a lot of, like, almost mental disorders. They talk about a lot of voices in their yeah. heads, kind of like, you know, it's it, it does play off of that a lot, kind of trying to target that, like, not the dude in the trench coat who's going to shoot up a school, I'm not saying right. that, but I mean, like, that kind of, like, outcasty loner who you know doesn't feel like they're understood and less of the the punk crowd who's just like well i'm not understood and i don't give a fuck because i don't want to conform but like more of this like i don't know how to fit in and like i don't feel like they all do and i am not those like i am not those people that was kind of seemed like their target demographic from that first oh definitely hybrid theory and i I don't know where they went from there, um, but I mean, they're, they're, they they still will do some good stuff. I don't know if it'll show up on it now, but the song I think the song "Faint" is is really good. Um, years mm-hmm. later, they'd put out a song called "Waiting for the End of the World?" Question uh, mark. Again, check the show notes. Um, that is really good. They just put out a song like this week that is like a pure pop song, and I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. Oh, yeah, they did Gravity. That's right. I have heard this one. Um, uh, the, is that the new one? Yeah, Ooh. that's the, the... Or no, Heavy. Not Gravity. Sorry, it's Heavy. Why does everything feel so heavy? That's it's the, not good. the pop song. Yeah. I, I wasn't a fan of it when no. I heard it. But um, uh, the, One great thing about Linkin Park that I couldn't appreciate when I was that young, they are another like rock band with an un- unnecessary turntables, um, but... They really, and I don't know if it's them or uh, it's whoever is behind them. I know Mike Chota is is a has a good ear for music. Um, their production yeah. is really good. They sound yeah. great. They all sound great. I I will keep giving him credit for his voice. I mean, I think he has a very good handle on that. There's yeah. a lot of those bands that they scream and they just like tear the shit out of their voice and they just ruin it over time. But I would say consistently, he's done a very good job of. Getting into ranges that would probably, you know, shred other people's vocal cords, but still being able to come back and make it sound smooth and nice. If you've never heard an interview with him, he's actually also a very pleasant man to listen to. Like, yeah. talk. he's very uh, nice and, you know, funny. Uh, I was That made me kind of like him a little There's bit more. There's never been a mean dude named though... Chester. The Cheetos <laughs> mascot. <laughs> he's great. He just wants to party exactly. and eat Cheetos, which I can get behind sometimes. <laughs> Uh, although there was that whole like revamp on the Cheetos campaign where he got real creepy and was just like kind of being like the demon in the people's heads like you know you want to oh, no. do it did you you never saw just that? rub the Cheeto dust on your gums man <laughs> right no did you no, ever see those no there's like the one where there's one where he's in like a laundromat with this girl and I guess like someone uh took the dryer she was waiting for and so like chester like appears and he's laying in the washing machines he's like do it you know you want to so she like puts the orange dust into the dryer so it gets all over the clothes that's some son of sam shit yeah there was like it was really creepy there for a while i don't know if they still make those but it was scary he was really she took the last parking spot 
kill her. Kill her and cover her body in <laughs> you, Cheeto dust. You should murder her. Fuck. Um, yeah. No, there's there's a string of them, I think. But I definitely remember that one and feeling really uncomfortable <laughs> with it. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, do they have any other songs off this album? They have Crawling. They have this one. Is that really... Is that like where like pop culture starts to kind of forget Linkin Park? I don't think so because they had... Um... I feel like I'm missing a big one. <laughs> Throwing it back a little bit. I remember when I went to the Family Values tour one year and I saw Whoa, them. Whoa, wait. You were a Family Values other... girl? Oh, we need some info on that. Okay. No, I went to one Family Values tour because specifically because Linkin Park uh... was playing and because I was such a huge Linkin Park fan. That is the only... That is legitimately the only one I went to. Um, Although, so that year it was like, I feel like uh, Stained played, which I was not happy about because I hated Stained. I really disliked them. See our last episode them. for how much uh, I hate Stained. Yeah, I really was not a fan. So it was Stained, Linkin Park, and the headliners were um, Stone Temple okay. Pilots. So at least Linkin Park and Stone Temple Pilots were Oh, uh, it wasn't like the Corn and Limp um, Biscuit co-headliner family values. Not no, as no, 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 no. This was... Yeah, not as fun. I'm really sorry. Oh, you remember when, like, I think it was like 2004 or 2005, Linkin Park co-headlined PNC with, like, Snoop Dogg or something like that? I do not remember that, but I'm really sad I, I was not there maybe for it was that. Clo- maybe it was more in college and you were you were gone. Yeah, shit. That sounds way cool. I didn't go, but it was definitely a thing. <laughs> um, I didn't go. Um, so yeah, their, their album after Hybrid Theory was Meteoria, which I did not hear. Okay, so One Step Closer. One Step Closer, right. Oh, yeah, that is what we're Everything forgetting. Everything you side over. Uh, and one then... step closer to the edge, and I'm about to break. <laughs> I need a little road to breath. Yeah, no, that was not, I did not like, that one was not good. <laughs> just, not I like that it just devolved into, and then Paper Cut, which I know I've heard, but why can't I think of what it sounds like? Lyrics, I'm looking it up, so I can. Yeah, they're, they're a band that, like, had good songs, but I I don't think I could put a full album of theirs down. Oh, that's right. Paper Cut is the, it's like I'm paranoid looking over my back. It's like I a, a whirlwind inside, inside of my head. Of my bra- okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't quite there, but I was there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I just make some? So I was cross referencing, referencing, referencing. You were crossroadsing the Britney Spears movie. <laughs> yes, I was um, looking up. So what was on this album, and then the mm-hmm. one before it, um, yep. with the the Billboard Hot 100 for the year. I am a little surprised they picked Survivor over Independent Women because Independent Women is way more fun. Stupid. Hey. Maybe listen to the podcast and you would know that that's been on one already. Uh, has it? All the way yeah, back? Yeah, I think it's, 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 we, we've covered that song. It had the Charlie's Angels music video. Yeah, but it came out in 2001, so I don't know yeah, how, or at least it charted it. in 2001. It might have come Strange. out on the Charlie's Angels album before it came out on gotcha. whatever Survivor gotcha. album. Yeah, because I, I saw that Survivor was on the last one, and that is further down on this list. And was Alicia Keys falling on either of uh, Man, any of those? You really have not listened to any of the other episodes. No, I haven't because I'm uh, the worst. You're a real piece of shit. Uh, that was put in there. So what you're doing right now is what I do for the emissions section. Oh, nice. Uh, and that I was, was an emission on two uh, on volume. This is eight on volume six. That was an emission. There's so many. God, there's so many songs that came out in 2001. Jesus. Yeah, stuff. That's why we're doing the retro episodes where people can uh, 
can request a song they want to hear us cover from. Uh, like we're gonna, my goal is to try to go like backwards, like do like negative volume, negative one, volume negative two, where people, yeah, um, like request the the hits they want to hear from that time period, and we cover those. There's also a lot of songs that I've never heard of, so I oh, guess well, that's yeah. good that a lot of those got that got missed. Um, all right. Well, I'm yeah, a big piece of, of shit, and so I'll stop trying to help when I'm not helping. <laughs> no, you've been <laughs> a big help just by showing up. And singing Linkin Park songs. I think any time that I can do a duet with my co-host, it's been <laughs> a complete success. Um, all right, so... And we learned about Brett Scallions together, which I'm still really delighted by. Hey, have... I'm Brett Scallions. Leave hey. life a bleeding into my hands. If I go on Tinder again, I'm going to use the name Brett Scallions oh or find God, a way to yes. make... <laughs> uh, just be Brett Scallions for the rest of my life. So we are jumping into the first ever. This is this is inaugural, okay? This is the first time <laughs> that this has ever happened. And it will certainly be the worst time it ever happens. <laughs> It's kind of like how no one thought to record the first Super Bowl or like the first WrestleMania was just like a house show. Uh, like this is the the one that everyone is going to be like, eh, that wasn't so good while we celebrate and look forward to the ones in the future. Um, because after March Madness comes April Sadness. And this is a tournament to determine what is the worst song that has been on a now album uh, this season. Did I listen to pop music because I was miserable? Or was I miserable because I listened to pop music? Pam, are you excited to do this? I am super excited to do this. I think my opinion might be different than some of the ones you've heard before, but I think that's because of my uh, teen girl nostalgia, uh, what songs I liked back then and cannot vote against now. All right, well, uh, if you want to follow along, the bracket should be out there already. You can see it at cageclub.me. You can see it on the Cage Club Facebook. Uh, now and again podcast on Twitter. You can go check those out and uh, find the bracket and play along. Try to predict where this is going to end up. We are going to discuss uh, which song we think is the worst. The worst song will advance in the bracket. In the case of a tie, co-host, uh, and he will be on the next episode, uh, Nico has made a list, so he will uh, break the tie via proxy. This should be interesting. Uh, let's start... <laughs> Let's start with the InSync division over here. Okay? Oh, right. That's the, that's the kickoff bell. That's the start of, uh, of, of April sadness. Let's start with the InSync division and the play-in on this side. Uh, Casey and JoJo have to play in to the sixth <laughs> seed. Tell me it's real versus crazy. Where are you going on this one? All right. What advances? Tell me it's real. I think it's just like the shittiest, like... <laughs> Like, the shittiest R&B song between the two of them. At least the crazy, crazy, crazy one has a little bit of fun. But, no, Tell Me It's Real blows. Okay, I am going to put this to a tie. (laughs) It's starting. (laughs) I knew it. I fucking knew I was going to do this. Because for the play-ins, I listened listened really quickly, refreshed myself on all of these songs this morning. And both of the play-ins, like, I've forgotten them already. Um, So it really just comes down to the one that I remember sort of. And I sort of remember the chorus to tell me it's real uh, more. Um, So I think crazy is worse. Yeah, but that's worse. See, like, I don't know. Tell me it's real. The feelings we feel is just like like the two worst paired lines. I cannot. I can't. I can't let that slide. You know what? You convinced me. Tell me it's real. It's worse. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
All right, so tell me it's real does advance. So let's start from the top of the InSync division. The, right. one, the overall one seed, uh, blue, Dabadi, Dabadai, Dabadi. I guess not the overall one seed, but the one seed in the NSYNC division. Uh, takes on She Likes Me For Me by Blessed Union of Souls. <laughs> um, some might argue that this should be higher than an eight seed. And maybe that's true, but uh, I'm, I would advance blue here because I think that's one of the worst songs in history. I was going to say, I know you fucking hate blue. And... As much as I liked the song when it came out and I had the CD, I will admit that right here and right now, um, I am going to have to put Blue as the worst of the worst of the two songs. Okay. Or the, the worst? The worst? Yeah. Whatever. Fuck it. It's too late. It's too late <laughs> today, guys. Um, I don't know. I like She Likes Me For Me. I don't really like it, but, you know, I remember it and it's fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck. there wasn't... It, it's an eight seed. It, it was a bubble. Something else probably could have took its place. Um, it's it's fine, uh, but it, it's the worst we've had on a now. It's in that it's in contention for that. But blue is certainly it references it references Steve Buscemi, which like not a lot of songs would ever do. So I'm gonna just have to save it for the fact that it like references Steve Buscemi. It does, you know, as Joey pointed out on episode three, uh, it doesn't reference Steve Buscemi. It references that guy from yeah. Fargo. I think his name is Steve. <laughs> his name is Steve. That's true. That's also very fair. Uh, so do you know, like, all of the, the backstory to the blue alien and, like, the deep history of and mythology of the creatures from the music video and the song? No. Oh, well. No, I um, pretty much stopped thinking about that song after it came out and I really liked it. I mean, I, I know it exists. People will reference it every once in a, a great while, but I never thought that much into it beyond that. And... You at home can check out our episode uh, that had blue on it for a dramatic reading of part of the extended universe of the creature from the blue music video. Are they related to like greys, but just a distant cousin? Greys are so. like, the, it's like the green lantern and the yellow lantern, like the blues oh, and the okay. greys. <laughs> That's a good comparison. Um, number four seed, Never Had a Dream Come True by S Club 7 versus Get Gone by Ideal. And I would pick Get Gone to advance. Okay, another throwback. I loved S Club 7 back in the day. That's right. I loved them. And they had a TV show on ABC Family back when it was ABC Family. And I watched it. I have no qualms about admitting that. But Never Had a Dream Come True is literally the most fucking boring song I've ever heard in my whole life. So I'm advancing that one. All right. That means we have to break the tie. I don't want to spoil exactly where he has it just in case we have to break another tie. But Nico has never had a dream come true as a relatively pretty decent song. Um, so Get Gone is going to advance here. Uh, oh, though, to fuck. be fair, Get Gone, only in like the middle of his list. So Nico still thinks that song is kind of okay in comparison. Um, I mean, it's not good. It's not. It's a really bad R&B song. The is. guys try way too hard, but at least it had like something to laugh in. I vote a lot, as you will find out, by things that I find funny, I can usually let slide. But okay, things so that are just terrible are just terrible. You're coming at this from like a, like a The Room perspective. like Right, yeah. If it's got a little bit of a camp value to it, if there's something about it I can enjoy, even if it's like so bad that it's funny... I will spare it, but if you have, like, no redeeming value, then fuck you. I'm completely with you on that. Um, yeah. But uh, Casey and JoJo's Tell Me It's Real has fought to get here to take on Steal My Kisses by <laughs> Ben Harper. Uh, does Tell Me It's Real uh, continue its streak of badness, or does Steal My Kisses move on? 
I actually don't mind to steal my kisses from you, so I'm gonna pick Tell Me It's Real again. Oh. I feel like you're, you, I knew, I knew it, I fucking knew it, we're gonna die again. Uh, well, I mean, I made the seedings, and I put tell, Steal My Kisses over Tell Me It's Real, so, I mean, sure, my mind I can mind just could imagine you hating here, that song. But uh, Steal My Kisses is really bad. It's bad, but it's just like, I mean, I don't know if it's playing in the back of a department store. Like, I'm not like, oh, fuck, I have to get out of here. You know, it just kind of blends into the background. It is like easy listening. I can handle it in like elevators and stuff like that. Whereas Tell Me It's Real would probably make me sad in any place I was. Steal My Kisses is a song that like Jack Johnson would hear and go, ugh, ugh. And that's saying (laughs) something. Uh, So we we have to go to the tie break then? I guess we do. All right, Nico. Nico doesn't know how much power he's wielding right now, um, because <laughs> tell me, tell me, it's real advances. Yes. <laughs> tell me, it's real. The sixth seed has made it to uh, the elite eight. Um, all right, the end of the in sync division. Shantae's got a man by Shantae Moore versus BB Max back here. Chris and I already had this conversation. Uh, I will not vote against BB Mac because I fucking love that song. Uh, also, Shantae's got a man is. <laughs> not good it's not even like hilariously bad she's basically just like yo i know your dudes treat you shitty and all and you think that dudes are the worst but i have a man and he's great like it's a humble brag song also it's annoying that she refers to herself in the third person and then switches to first person in the chorus so fuck you shantae you're going in easy easy advancement for shantae's got a man uh so we had two upsets here a five and a six seed advancing but the one and the two uh, also make it a little farther in the in-sync division. Let's move over to the R. Kelly division and do this oh, first right, round. Let's... Start with the play in the Sam Mumba bracket. <laughs> um, Baby Come Over versus Gotta Tell Ya. Uh, what, do you, what do you move on? We got kind of like a ballady song here versus like more upbeat song. Right. I remember Gotta Tell Ya. I did not remember that was the name of it. I did not remember she was the person who sang it. But when I heard it, I definitely remember jamming it on the radio. So I'm going to move in Baby Come On Over or whatever because eh, it was it was forgettable at its, at its best. I am completely with you. And that's an easy advancement for uh, Sam Mumbo with Baby Come Over. So to the top of the R. Kelly division, uh, the overall one seed. Aaron's Party by Aaron Carter. <laughs> Come and get it. Takes on a weak eight seed, honestly. But this is brother versus brother here. Uh, the Call yeah. by the Backstreet Boys. Quite possibly the worst Backstreet Boys song. Uh, but this isn't about <laughs> what the worst Backstreet Boys song is. Uh, which Carter moves on in Now That's What no. I Call April Sadness? This is a dilemma for me. I just wanted to know that. Um, Aaron's Party is bad. But it's also funny. And The Call, I... So... A little it, bit of backstory. Funny, on this one. I actually don't remember it at all from when it came out, but all of my basic white girlfriends now, when we get ready to go out, somehow or for some reason love this fucking song and will blast it like repeatedly. So, um, ugh, that should be a sign that that song has more longevity. Like, it's yeah. found a new place. The Backstreet Boys have sort of found a redemption for the call 20 years later. Aaron's party yeah. has to advance because it's Aaron's yeah. party. Yeah, no, that's okay. That's completely fair. Let's advance Aaron's party. Thank God. He also had a shorter career round. than his brother, which I guess is also pretty telling. But hey, he wasn't. Uh, he did yeah. beat Shaq. Did Nick Carter beat he Shaq? He did. If this okay, now if this had been about him beating Shaq, that song would have <laughs> won. The well, not won. <laughs> If this had been actual March Madness and he was playing against Shaq team, like... Yes, then he would have won. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> I hate that idea. Um, <laughs> the four versus the five. Baz Luhrmann's Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen, which is ev- arguably a song at all. Um, right. Versus uh, this totally not a Nirvana cover, Why I'm Here by Oleander. Ugh. Um, so I was not going to put in Everybody's Free to Wear Sunscreen, even though we have discussed that it is not actually a song, which I agree with. I still love it. But then when I heard Why I'm Here by Oleander, it was really easy to kick that one in because that was just fucking awful. It was like someone wrote down like every thought they thought a loner in, in high school could be thinking like oh this is going to appeal to like everybody who might shoot up a school <laughs> and it was it was bad it was bad all over yep it's terrible and it's a bad cheap like nirvana like rip off yeah. and it it just no thank you uh, i don't think it's getting past the next round but why i'm here can definitely move on to face aaron's party um <laughs> Sam Mumba played in with Baby Come Over, taking on La 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 All Around the World by ATC. Ooh. Um, I think just for sheer earworm longevity, Around the World, like, has lasted. Because I know people who would still be like, oh, that fucking song. And remember just, like, the, the hook and get it stuck in their brain. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Baby Come On Over. I'm kicking that in. It wins. Uh, I think I like hmm, this is tough because I mean I made <laughs> I made these these seatings like a couple of weeks right. ago so like I should very easily just be like yes baby come over advances but like just all of those <laughs> songs that are just this, these repetitive sample based kind of dancey mm-hmm. songs I really don't like them but I am uh, I'm with you because I also like I said before this I listened to the Sam Mumba songs, and I still can't remember <laughs> "Baby Come Over." So, <laughs> so it will advance yeah. into the next round, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting because some of these songs advance because they're just so terrible, and then other ones are just so forgettable that that makes them terrible, right? And so. I think I think in the long run, just like bracketology wise, I think the the ones that we remember for being bad will eventually edge out the ones that are just completely forgettable. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, early on, I think that's a, a case for them advancing. Speaking Number, of case. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> See, that's teamwork right there. I set them up, you knock them down. Um, yeah. Happily Ever After by Case versus I Think I'm In Love With You by Jessica Simpson. And... <laughs> I remember the Jessica Simpson song. I remember that it sa- samples Jack and Diane. Yeah. But it's also a little catchy, and it's like it's like really girly, stupid pop. But I, you know what? I'm not going to knock it. And also, happily ever after was a very bad R&B song. It wasn't even like fun R&B. It was just bad, bad R&B. So case goes in. I um, really hated. I think I'm in love with you when I heard it on that oh. now, and it was on early now. But it has been periodically in my head um, here and there since that yeah. episode, uh, which really just means Jack and Diane has been in my head. Yeah. But I guess that's enough for Happily Ever After by Case to sneak into the next round. Shoutouts to Nico, who put I Think I'm In Love With You as his absolute bottom song. Um, oh. It would have lost any potential tiebreak, which wow. is interesting. Um, he really, really hates that song. Sorry, wow. Nico. All right. Sorry, Let, Nico. Let's bounce back to the in sync division. We are in the Elite Eight here. 
One Seed Blue by Eiffel 65 takes on Get Can Gone. Can you really call it the Elite? I mean, is that, um, shouldn't we, like, make up better terms than the Elite 8? The e- 8? I don't know. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. The Eiffel 8? I don't know. Like, what do we want to... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the... I, you know what? It's just, let's just go with the Elite 8 for now. And okay. if we think of something really good. All right. Sounds good. I would like to see Blue go to the final four here. <laughs> I think this is um, one of those cases of like a song that's obnoxiously bad beating a forgettable song. Right. Yeah. All right. I'm with you. Let's right, do easy it. Peasy. That was easy. One seed advances slightly farther. Yeah, I didn't have as, you know, I did not have as much of a hatred for either of the songs going up against Blue as I feel like you have for Blue. So I'm, I'm ready to agree with you on anything involving that. So interestingly enough, both playing songs have made it to the Elite Eight. They had to fight to get here, and they've really, <laughs> really shown that they have some real shit quality to them. But can tell me it's real beat Shantae's Got a Man. Oh, all right. Um, I think Shantae's Got a Man is more obnoxious. I think I'm sticking with Shantae's Got a Man for, I'm going to kick that one in. So the one and the two seed will play each other. For the uh, in the semifinals to see who goes to the championship because I'm completely with you. Shantae's got a man is not good. Um, no, we are back to the R. Kelly division. Aaron's party versus Why I'm Here by Oleander, and like I've said it a bunch of times that Why I'm Here is just like a, a cheap, bad imitation of Nirvana, but at least an imitation of something that is good. So it it's like a two by proxy, whereas Aaron's party is just a one forever. See, I don't agree. I think I really, I really didn't like why I'm here. Again, I tend to want to vote for things that I can at least find fun. Or not vote, but I guess save. Aaron's party is shitty. I mean, let's be very clear about that. And it's, I mean, marketing edits. I don't know what, you know, the teeny bopper right below his brother crowd is what they were going for. And back then there was a market for that. I am going to vote for why I'm here because it was just... A forgettable band, a really shitty song. It was... I don't really believe in any of the things the guy was singing in. Like, he was just trying mm. to be mopey and depressing, and I don't know. I didn't like it. All right, so that means we have to go to Nico for the tiebreaker. And Nico's list has... He has Why I'm Here and Aaron's Party back back to back. They are back to back on this what? list. Yes! But which one does he have worse? Why I'm Here moves on to the next round. Yes! <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, the uh, Carters, you're saved for once in your fucking miserable lives. <laughs> oh, I hate you both. You're not the loseriest of the losers. Man, that is that is just shameful. Uh, that is a massive upset in my mind. <laughs> we are at the end of the quarterfinals. It is Samantha Mumba scrapping and clawing and fighting her way <laughs> to be as shitty as possible. Will she hit a wall with Case and Happily Ever After? Oh. oh God! This is just too. Um, this is too nothing. This is like an invisible, yeah. an invisible man battle. I barely remember either of these songs, so I guess I'm gonna advance happily ever after by case because I at some point made it a two seed. So at some point when I remembered it, I must have thought it was way worse. I agree with you uh, because having just listened to them right before coming on. Um, the Samantha Mumba song, while forgettable, is at least not unpleasant. The K song, I remember both being forgettable, but like the parts I do remember were very unpleasant. So, yeah, Case. 
again, you know, going back to Nico's list here, Nico actually put both Samantha Mumba songs back to back <laughs> as the best songs on this list. Um, mm. So that is interesting. So in any case of a tie, they uh, <laughs> they would have been safe, but they still made it to the the elite eight. You know, a good Ooh. showing. But we are in the final four. The 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 fucker four, the the, the <laughs> yeah. fartle four. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of f words I could go with here. I mean, looking at the final four, my <clears throat> seating was apparently pretty decent. We've got a one versus yeah. a two, and a two versus an. This, why I'm here, Oleander is the Cinderella. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see. <laughs> If that makes it all the way to yeah. the, the final two. How far can a shitty Nirvana cover run? I don't know. Let's wrap up the sync division. Blue mm-hmm. versus Shantae's Got a Man. Pam, what Ooh. is it going to be? Um, I know how you feel about Blue, but I could not even make it a full, like, two verses into Shantae's Got a Man. And I feel like I could have left Blue on in the background for a lot longer than that. So... I'm going with Shantae's Got a Man. Again, it's a shitty humble brag song about a douchey woman, and I do not like it. It is a shitty humble brag song, but Blue is a shitty song with <laughs> no lyrics and one of the most But it's got a mythology. Hooks. Oh, that makes it you. You don't think Shantae's Got a Man has a mythology? I do not. I don't think anybody knows who Shantae Moore is at this given fucking point in time, except for us. I think that's probably very true, but <laughs> we have to tie break. And it's close. Uh-oh. It is very close. It is within two on the list, but blue is lower, so blue goes to the final. Oh, all right. Congratulations, Fine. Eiffel 65, for making it. <laughs> Congratulations. They also had a song called My Console, which was literally them just listing off a bunch of consoles that you could play on. I remember that too. I don't. I haven't heard that in a long time. But if you want another shitty song to listen to, Chris, go for that one. Holy shit! Was just wait. Like, was he just? Uh, was it just like Commodore sixty four, Nintendo sixty four, PlayStation, <laughs> no. PlayStation two, swear, PlayStation three, PlayStation four, Playstations and stuff? Yeah, I remember. Like, it was called something about consoles, and he was literally just singing about video game consoles. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, for everyone out there who wants to treat themselves, please go look that song up after this. Uh, a question I often ask myself while doing this podcast, Why I'm Here, takes on Happily Ever After by Case. Oh, man, I don't love either of these. Yeah. I mean, like, I obviously I don't like them, but I don't... Uh, man, I still can't even really remember how Happily Ever After goes. I right. guess, you know, I just love the underdogs and I'm going to push why I'm here farther. Yeah, no, I'm going with you because uh, I've I found it repugnant. I found it repugnant. We're in the finals and the Cinderella <laughs> has made it here. It's blue versus why I'm here. And you know what? Cinderella's always have to, you know, it hits midnight for them at some point. That's why they're called Cinderella's. Blue yeah. wins this tournament. Yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna vote for why I'm here, but I'm sure that Nico probably went with went with uh with your your pick. So we have to break the tie then. We're leaving it we up have to the person to break that's the not even that's here. Right. We're, we're going head to head on these songs. Nico, even though they were only the fifth worst song of your list, um, congratulations on deciding that blue. No, you fuck. <laughs> 
is the winner of <laughs> April Sadness. Congratulations, right. Eiffel 65. Your trophy is, is will be delivered to your P.O. box in Peoria. Uh, are you sure it's on Paris? Come well, on. Nah, they can't afford that shit anymore. They, they, <laughs> they went on tour in America once and couldn't afford to fly home, and they were just stuck there forever. Aww. The worst of the worst. Maybe they've rebranded. Maybe they pulled a... Oh, shit. What was that movie we watched where the guy put the... Oh, God. What's that called? Uh, vibrations? No. Oh, yeah. Vibrations. <laughs> classic film. Maybe they pulled a Vibrations and they're Daft Punk now. <laughs> Maybe Apple 65 rebranded to Daft Punk. Well, they had a really rough Bush era when they couldn't be Eiffel 65 and they had to be Freedom 65 for a while. Ooh. Yeah. But congratulations, Eiffel 65, and your shitty Nintendo 64 CGI alien men. You are the worst of the worst. (laughs) So they will forever be the inaugural worst of the worst. Um, So, Pam, thank you for being on this uh, very long and extended uh, episode of now. Um, So, you know, just for next year, because this is the start of a new season, um, Uh do you think that... What the hell is the name of that really bad song that we did on this? Uh, oh, do you think there's a lot, Chris? You're gonna have to narrow it down for me. There's a lot of fucking bad songs. We literally just crowned the worst. Of the worst. No, do you think that me, myself, and I could be an early candidate for a number one seed in next year's April Sadness? I think so. I'm feeling good about it. Welcome. Any uh, any final thoughts on April Sadness or this now volume? You know, uh, they all fought a good fight. <laughs> I I still think Oleander had some scrap left in them, but congratulations, Eiffel 65. I guess you earned your spot. Thanks again to Pam for coming on and taking part in the first ever April Sadness. And congratulations to Eiffel 65, I guess. You know where to find us. Mailbag is now and again cast at gmail.com. Twitter at now again podcast. Head on over to cageclub.me for Cage, Keanu, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and many more. They're on Twitter and Facebook as well. We will be back next week with Volume 9 and Nico. And as we always say, we'll catch you on the Brett Scallions. Let's go.